As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to an episode of Within the Lines, the in-depth film podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a movie. Today is Wednesday, March 8th, 2023, and today we're reviewing the movie that has one of the best trailers, one of the best marketing pushes um, that I've seen in quite some time, a movie that made me go back and watch an entire sequel franchise to an already original standing franchise, that film tie, Creed III, Ooh, Creed III. Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, Jonathan Majors, his second movie on Within the Lines in the last three to four weeks. Um, look, we've talked about it for a few weeks, how excited we are, how the, the previews were and everything. I went and I watched Creed 1. I watched Creed 2. Mm. I could give my thoughts on those films before we dive into Creed 3. But... I'm going to need that because I don't remember to. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I went all in for this tie. And even after watching Creed 3, I considered, meaning I considered watching the Rocky movies, but we didn't. Apparently Rocky 1, still best movie in the franchise. You know, I kind of know what happens in the Rocky movies. It's one of those things, like, I just feel like I've learned through osmosis what happens mostly. I don't... Is that the right usage of that word? Learn through osmosis. It's Osmosis like is Osmosis Jones, like in the movie. Yeah, but when you're learning through osmosis, it's... it's. I mean, this is a great... You know what? I will get the definition of learning through osmosis after the break, Ty. Let's okay. get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. Osmos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. Learning by osmosis, learning by proxy, or being exposed to someone can naturally achieve an unconscious assimilation of ideas, knowledge, and even technical skills. I'm more of a. I'm more of a 
what you call it. I'm a science man myself, and I just went to you know a process by which molecules of a solvent tend to pass through a semi-permeable membrane from a less concentrated solution into a more concentrated one, thus equalizing the concentration on each side of the membrane. I'm just a I'm a scholar, you know. You say solvent, it reminds me of AP chemistry, which is one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. Um, Creed three tie. Where do you want to start here? We're not going to dive straight into the movie review. I don't really think there's any movie news. There was a trailer that came out this week that was a big deal. Now I can't remember when it's on the tip of my tongue. I think there was big Peter movie Pan. News. There was a Peter Pan trailer. I didn't watch that. Did you? Uh, Captain Hook looks like uh, the guy from um, Lord of the Rings, Smeagol or whatever his name is. No, really? Yeah. Um, I know there was a, a poster for Owen Wilson in that paint film. Um, I guess there's a trailer. Actually, I haven't seen the trailer. Um, it's Jude Law playing Peter, Peter yeah. P- Hook, Captain Hook, Captain time. Hook. Peter Hook, Peter Hook. Okay, um, but I want to start. I guess I'll start. Do you want me to start with my movie theater experience because I got another movie theater story? Fuck. Or do you want me to start with my Creed one and two experience? I want to go through. I want to go chronologically here. So walk me through Creed one and two, so I could remind you what happens. Partially, yeah. So Creed one, we watched. Uh, hopefully, there's no police listening. While driving. No. Um, had it hooked up on my little car mount. Was driving back from our potential wedding venue. And was like, let's throw on some Creed, baby. Yeah. So I could catch up on this. Because this was Saturday. And we record on Wednesdays. I had a real funny joke where I told someone I was going to see. Not a joke, but just funny situation where I told someone I was going to see Creed. And they're like, like the band? I was like, no. So you just say you were listening to Creed. The band. And then you should have said, oh, I'm seeing Creed for my movie podcast within the lines. Check us I out. I did. He already listens and subscribes. <sighs> good. Um, so I watched Creed 1. Pretty good film. Yeah. Pretty good film. Um, it capture, captures the essence of the Rocky franchise, as I've read. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it was it was pretty good. I think um, the Creed movies, let's be honest, or the Rocky movies are kind of formulaic. And I've learned that by watching three Creed movies in a four to five day span. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> There's a formula. Yeah. And the first time you watch the formula, it's pretty good. It's like, all right, we're going to have a little in-between fight. <laughs> we're going to have the end fight. Of course, he loses by decision, just like Rocky did in the original Rocky to Apollo Creed. Um, but he proved himself. And there we go. You know, it's an, it's an unproven fighter making a name for himself. Bada bing, bada boom. It was yeah. pretty good. Creed 2. Now, it wasn't a bad film. Don't get me wrong. Definitely was a step down for me. And Riley said she liked Creed 2. I don't know. Creed 2 just kind of felt like a like a weird episode of a TV show. You always get those weird episodes where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that happened. Like, okay, he fights Drago. You know, Drago. It's Drago's son. Um, He's in Creed 3, right? Yes. He loses to him, gets his butt kicked. Well, he actually wins by disqualification because Drago hits him while his knee's on the ground. So he wins by dif- disqualification, still a champ, then fights Drago again, beats him. Yeah, he overcomes adversity. It was just kind of like they sprinkled in the whole they had a kid and he was learning to be a father and control his emotions, I guess, which we kind of see more of in Creed 3. Uh, who does he lose to, lose to in Creed 1? I apologize. Uh, Ricky Conlon? It's not Saul Canel Alvarez? No, it is not Saul Canel Alvarez. It is the guy he beats at the beginning of Creed 3. I thought that was Canelo Alvarez. No, no, no. Canelo Alvarez was just in a... He was quickly in the movie when the first fight happened in this movie, the fight between Jonathan Major's character and the heavyweight champ that Creed was training. Canelo was just there on the red carpet, and Michael B. Jordan like posed, or excuse me, Apollo Creed posed for a picture Fuck. with Canelo. 
Okay, I thought that was the per- first fighter, fighter. No, that was a uh, Ricky Conlon or whatever his name was. No, I don't okay. think it's not a real boxer. It's an actor, but pretty Ricky Conlon. Yeah, Tony Bellew. That's the guy he loses to in the first one, which people were saying was his last fight. Ricky Conlon's last fight in the first movie. The whole point was like his manager's oh. like, "This is probably his last fight. We need to get a payday." But then here we are. He's fighting him again, however many years later. Damn. Okay. Um. So yeah, I've seen a lot of Creed movies. Second one's kind of whatever. You know, it was kind of you know, you have the whole Rocky thing, which you know Rocky didn't want to train him because Drago killed his dad. Blah 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 blah. Then he trains him at the end. Of course, he loses without Rocky. Doesn't really lose, but pretty much loses. Gets his butt kicked. Um, and this third one, Rocky's just not in it at all because of um, creative differences off screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, because apparently Sylvester Stallone doesn't didn't like that they were diving into the Creed character's dark past, and he likes his heroes to be heroes, not nuanced heroes that aren't mm-hmm. just perfect. I thought there was like a there was someone on set, and and Sylvester Stallone was like, "Yeah, I would do Creed four as long as that motherfucker had nothing to do with it." Yeah, it's one of the producers or writers or something as well. Is it Zach Balin? I can't tell you his name off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I'll look it up right now. Sylvester Stallone. um, Beef with Creed. (laughs) Um, That's great. Wasn't big. Clash against longtime franchise producer Erwin Winkler. Oh. Okay. Which I want to say Erwin Winkler. Did he direct one of them? No, I don't think he directed one Ryan Coogler has directed the first two. I meant Rocky. Oh. No, he didn't. He just produced. um, Like all of them? He produced Rocky, Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5. Damn. Didn't produce uh, Rocky Balboa. I can't wait till Creed 4 comes out. And what's this man's name, the producer? Creed 1, Creed 2, Creed 3. Um, Erwin Winkler. I can't wait till Mr. Erwin. He's Wink- 91. I can't wait till until 91-year-old Erwin Winkler goes on to uh, Instagram as they're getting ready to release and write uh, Creed 4. And mm-hmm. he says, little bro, Sylvester. Uh, you need to be in this movie. <laughs> That's a who are you paying homage to? Homage to there, Ty. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, Vin um, Diesel, actually. Vin Diesel, yeah, yeah, not little Dwayne, little brother Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're gonna do a Creed four. I think this is it for the Creed franchise. Now, okay, maybe well, maybe Creed four is his daughter in ten years. Yeah. Actually, that's probably what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're 100%. doing. One hundred percent. They that's, trained her up to be a boxer. Well, She's boxing in the ring at the end. Well, it's not. No, it's not. It's not Creed. It's Amara. Oh, that's the name of the franchise. Yeah, Amara. One. She doesn't want to be associated with her dad and grandfather. She wants to pay. Well, she could be Amara Creed, but just the movie will be called Amara because Rocky Creed. Got it. Amara. Amara Creed. I don't know. Maybe they're just called Amara Creed. Okay. I I kind of like just Creed. Take it back to the beginning. Give me another Creed. Just another Creed 1? Just another Creed 1. Like Madden. They have Madden 25. What are they going to do when it's the 2025 version of the game? I know. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to call it Madden 2025 probably. I know. It's going to (laughs) be lame. Or just Madden 25 again. Um, So my movie theater experience, Ty. We went. I asked uh, Riley's mom. I said, because Gavin plays the Creed game on his Oculus VR. Um, very hard. It's I tried like a boxing game. Yeah, it's like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, but Creed. Yeah, VR. You got your two little things. I tried fighting Drago. This was months ago, which, unbeknownst to me, was like the hardest person to fight. Got my butt whooped. Yeah, like, it was so hard. I was getting punched left and right. Um, it was a workout too. But I know he played those games, so I asked her that day we were going. I was like, "Oh, does Gavin have any interest in the Creed movies?" And she was like, "Oh my God, yes. He won't stop talking about. It. He won't keep stop asking us to take him. I guess." 
I found this out. So we picked Gavin up from school, surprised him, went at four. We picked him up at 3.15, got in the car. I was like, yeah, your mom said you like the Creed movies and the Rocky movies, so we wanted to take you. And he just started talking about how he started, like, ranking the Rocky movies. He started talking yeah. about all the Rocky movies. I'm like, Gavin, these movies came out years ago. I'm What's like, his opinion on, like, the 2006 Rocky? Um, that's the only one he hasn't seen, actually, he said. <laughs> the one that came out while he was yeah, alive? He's seen <laughs> he wasn't alive. He was born. Oh, my God. He's so young. 2012. I'm um, old. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he's seen Rocky one through five and then Creed one and two. And he, he said that none of the Creeds are better than any of the Rocky movies. I think he said, which I was like, I don't know about that guy. If you look just... at the rankings, Creed one is like this one article I read ranked Creed one is the second best of the Rocky franchise. But Gavin's a man of nostalgia. He loves his 1970s Rocky movies. I love that. It reminds him of the good old days. <laughs> um, oh my God. I, I heard this thing, this complete tangent. Uh, do you know Fanta was this is this is within the, the lines drink? for you? Yeah, Orange Fanta. Okay. Well, I don't think it was orange, but it was originally developed in Nazi Germany because um, during World War II, Coca Cola like stopped, you know, production or whatever. They did the tariffs and all that. So the the German the Deutschland or whatever it was called back then, like head of Coca Cola, had to make a drink with resources they could get in country, and they created Fanta. I don't know if it was orange Fanta or a different flavor, but they created Fanta. Eventually, after the war, Coca-Cola regained the assets, you know, blah, blah, blah. They tried, they tried like, brushing this under the rug. I guess they had, like, their 70th anniversary or 75th anniversary, whatever year it was, like, within the last five years. And they said, uh, when doing marketing for it and, like, commercials, they said, like, back in the good old days when Fanta was created or something like that. No, used... you can't say that when it was designed in <laughs> World War II Nazi Germany. Yeah, so – I learned that just these are the random nuggets I pick up in my everyday life. That's but, um, wonderful. I mean, it's not wonderful, but that's like a wonderful fuck up. <laughs> like you just got to know your history if you work for that company. Yeah, this was uh, back in 2015, March 4th, 2015. So we're actually uh, – this was exactly eight years ago. So they're now on their 82nd anniversary. Coca-Cola just pulled an ad suggesting that Nazi Germany was, quote, good old times. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so here, Here's the exact quote. Um 75 years ago, resources for our beloved Coke in Germany were scarce, the video explained. To celebrate Fanta, we want to give you the feeling of the good good times back, the video went on, neglecting to mention that these good old times were the days of World War II and the Holocaust in which million people perished. And, yeah, that was it. Coke apologized. That's... They pulled it. And it's not like that was, like, a ignorance. They said, like, the good times. No, but, like, how did it start? 75 years ago, resources for our beloved Coke in Germany were scarce. Why? <laughs> Why were they scarce? <laughs> Explain that to me. Because that was the refreshing beverage of choice of a Nazi after he killed multiple Jews and got a workout in and then just came over and had a refreshing Fanta. Apparently, they used it to cook back then because it had a lot of sugar and there were sugar rations um, for Nazi wow. Germany. Anyways, That's I don't remember where I was going with this. Um, mm. We pick Gavin up. We go to the movies. I don't, I don't know Talk to Gavin, the good old days with Rocky. Pick okay. Gavin up, go to the movies. Of course, Civic Plaza, giant screen. There's going to be a mess up. There was. Movie didn't start in time. Mm. Multiple people went down and told him. Didn't start till 15 minutes after. Still had to watch the previews. Hate that for me. We were just complaining. I was just complaining how Cinemark has like 40 minutes of previews, and that's the one thing I like about Civic is you're kind of like the previews start, and there's like five minutes of previews, and that's it. Yeah. Ended up being pretty much 40 minutes of previews because they can't just turn the projector on. <laughs> Literally just forgot to turn the projector on. No shit. What a fuck up. Anyway, so we watched the movie, blah, blah, blah. The guy in front of me was vaping throughout the movie, Tyler. Yeah? The guy in front of me. And I wanted to say something. I wish I had the gusto of you to say something. 
I'm just not that type of person to be confrontational and everything. But he was vaping and just hitting it every, like, five minutes. Now, was he – because, look, man, I'm back in my dark days when I was a habitual vaper. Um, <laughs> you miss it still? I, I every, every second of every day. <laughs> that thing's got a fucking hold on me that will, will not let go. <laughs> I, I used to take some drags in the movie theater, but then I'd blow them into my shirt to dissipate the vape smoke. So it wasn't like, you know, I'd be in the back all by myself. Every second of every day. I I very much want to vape still. How much all the time. How many times in your average day do you think about vaping? Multi, a handful. Like it's not a small amount. <laughs> it sounds so good. Oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> it's better for you that you're not. It's I don't think it is. <laughs> I think the stress that it puts on my body is equal to the health downsides of actually vaping trade your vaping in for therapy no god no um no he wasn't blowing in a shirt he was doing like a little kind of like head tilt put his head down but it was still blowing up yeah so you gotta be if you're gonna do it you gotta be super courteous dude swallow it <laughs> swallow it <laughs> um i couldn't smell it so if i would have smelt it i probably wouldn't have said anything to him but i probably would have went and told on him <laughs> and had the the theater people tell like say something to him the fire department show up um so yeah which yeah. I don't know. I live. I my my dad's a habitual vapor as well, so I think I'd be used to it. But still, hate that stuff. Lucky motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I I went to Civic Plaza as well. I've given up entirely on the big screen. You just don't go to the big screen. I, that was the only time showing that made sense for yeah. us. It just it doesn't work. I went to a smaller um, theater. Five minute previews. Movie started. Worked like a charm. Had a great experience this time. Shout out Civic. They got it right for once. I got a rewards card since I go so much. I had one way back, lost they it. They have a rewards card? Yeah. I need to get one. Get one next time you go. Why wouldn't you tell me? We do a fucking movie podcast together. You want to think? Well, I, j- I just got one, so. Okay. I had one a long time ago. I don't know why I never got a new one. And when I asked the guy for a new one, Riley's like, we have one at home. I'm like, Riley, we've had one at home this whole time. I don't know if you know where it is. She's like, it's in the room. I'm like, we would have been using it by now. I'm just going to get one, put it in my wallet, yeah. and use that one. You need to. You're at least a once a move, like once a week movie guy. Yeah, even when we don't do the pod, we just sometimes just go to the movies. Yeah. I love the movies. I live a quarter mile from them. <laughs> I say you live your life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy was vaping, so I was a little upset. But okay. didn't smell it. Wasn't weed. If it was weed, I definitely would have said something. Oh, you're a narc? Um, yeah, I am. But I did Weed's shake- actually better for you than tobacco, Jay. Yeah, but I don't like that stank. Oh, okay. So you would prefer him to use the cancer-giving substance versus marijuana? I'd prefer him to use whatever he wants. It's a free country, just not in my movie theater. Oh, but you're fine with it being in your movie theater. You're just going to bitch about it if it's the tobacco one. But if it's the weed one, then you're actually going to report on him? If I would have smelt it, yes. And maybe it was weed, and I yeah. just didn't smell it. Mm. I just said I would have reported him if I smelt the vape. Okay. All right. Do they make just flavorless vape? Uh, I don't think so. Like pure LaCroix? Maybe. You know, Ew, if we go with this... make pure LaCroix? That's pretty good. Oh, gross. If we go with, like, this wedding venue we're looking at, it's absolutely, like, no smoking, no vaping, nothing, because it's in, the, like, the hills. You know, Why the fuck like, is there no vaping in the hills? That's not going to start a forest fire. Yeah, but you know how they are with those kind of things, and the venue's, like, owned by the county Smokey or city. Smokey the Bear absolutely approves of vapes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what my dad's going to do. He'll just have to figure it out. <laughs> Your dad's going to be fucking, like, a tweaker sitting down just scratching his arm. He'll just do what he does at the freaking airport and go to the bathroom and blow it in the toilet yeah, and flush nice. it. <laughs> see, he knows. Your dad would be able to vape in a movie theater. He wants to go see that freaking Will Ferrell dog movie so bad, Strays, oh. in the theater. Yeah. And I'm going to go with him probably. But 
I can't tell you last time that man went to a movie theater. I don't know if he can sit for two hours. He's going to love that, though. Oh, he talks about he t- every time I see him, he talks about that trailer. No, he's going to love that fucking movie. That movie's right up his fucking alley. I think I'm going to love it, too. I, we'll, you know, we'll see. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but. Did we love Creed, though, Ty? I think mm. that's the question we need to answer. Mm. I think we should jump into the, the review first. Let's run an ad. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Adonis Creed has settled down and retired from his illustrious boxing career. When a former friend from his past returns and wants a shot at the belt, Creed must come out of retirement to defend his legacy. I mean, that synopsis isn't wholly accurate. I don't know who wrote it. That's fucking spot on. He retired from his illustrious boxing career. Uh, Former friend returned from his past. He wanted a shot at the belt. Things then happened, but I'm not going to spoil anything. Creed then must come out of retirement to defend his legacy because he's just talking shit about him the entire time on Stephen A. Smith's first take. Well, we don't know if he's talking smack on. Well, I guess he technically did talk smack on Stephen A.'s first take. Yeah. it was very accurate. I'll leave that for key elements. I was going to make a point here. So the Creed movies, like the Rocky movies, are a bit formulaic. This one follows the formula. Mm-hmm. You got to fight the beginning, which doesn't always happen, but it was a nice, just like real quick, let's remind you how great Creed is. Yeah. Knocks him out, champ. Then we have the fight in the middle, not yep. involving Creed, but involving Duke. Duke. Diamond, Damien, Dame. Dame. Diamond, Damien. <laughs> Duke. Not Duke. Duke's a trainer. With, du- with Dame, Dame wins the fight, fights a little dirty, still beats the heavyweight champ of the world, which these Rocky movies really stretch the whole, like, anyone can do this. But that's fine. I'm not going to – I did not cr- take any points off. I did not critique – like, I didn't take plot slash You didn't think Dime and Dame Anderson could come out of jail and beat the heavyweight champion of the world that easily? No. No, I don't. Okay. I, I, I don't think the original Rocky, he's literally just like a, a small town local fighter and Apollo Creed goes to Philly and is like I had his opponent fell out and needed a challenger. He challenges Rocky because he picks Rocky to be his challenger because Rocky's nickname was Italian Stallion. Great nickname. That was his porn name as well. <laughs> no mistaken. That was Sylvester Stallone when he did porn. <laughs> I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, he did it like at least one to two VHS porn videos. Uh, I think he was the Italian Stallion. Um, 
some hung like a horse, some would say. <laughs> Stallion. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, but these Creed movies, they're a little bit out of the realm of uh, realism, if I'm being honest. I mean, in Creed 1, he he's literally just like a small-town fighter, has never really had a fought, fight, gets knocked out by the, the Wheeler guy. That's who he beats in the beginning of this. Sorry, not – no, he does fight Conlon. When does he fight Wheeler? Is that Creed 2? I was looking up. I was making sure I was right. 1970, the name of the video is Italian Stallion. Wheeler. I'm trying to think. The the Wheeler guy was the guy who first knocked him out in the gym, in Duke's gym. In this movie? In Creed 1. I don't remember Creed 1. But then he fights Wheeler again. I think he fights him in the beginning of number 2. I think is when he fights him. Okay. That seems to make sense to me. That sets up his fight with Drago? I think, yeah, that seems to make sense with me. Okay. Or does he beat him at the end of one? No, because he fights pretty Ricky Conlon. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he gets knocked out by that guy in training, but then he goes on and almost beats pretty Ricky Conlon at the end of Creed 1. And then Drago is just a guy who hasn't had, like, any real pro fights, and he comes in and then beats the guy who's the heavyweight champ, mm-hmm. Adonis Creed. That's right, he beats Wheeler to be the champ in the beginning of Creed 2. Mm-hmm. And then in this, we have Jonathan Majors after serving an 18-year prison sentence just coming out and beating the heavyweight champ of the world and then going 12 rounds with what I'm assuming many people are calling the greatest of all time in this fictional universe, if not Rocky. Yeah. Um, it's just a little unrealistic. Look, we just watched Jake Paul easily lose a boxing match to Tommy Fury. Mm-hmm. I just Was Jake Paul the Golden Gloves amateur boxer <laughs> champion 18 years ago? Jake Paul has more resume right now than Creed does in Creed 1. Okay. This goes on your whole Canelo Alvarez thing where you said if you saw Canelo Alvarez in the street, you think you could punk him and beat him up. Yeah. Just if, based if on his looks. I know I couldn't. Just based on his looks. In the Creed universe, you probably could. Just with some hard work, determination, yeah. pull a plane with some chains. It depends on if I just got off my late you know, second shift in my job in Philly. Mm-hmm. Then I would be able to come and beat mm-hmm. Canelo. Yeah. About the 11th round, probably. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. All that being said, I didn't really, I didn't like give it any negative points for all this because I've kind of just accepted it. It's part of the Creed universe mm-hmm. of just like the boxing standards of these fictional boxers just aren't as high. I've accepted it. I mean, it. yeah, that's just a hundred percent. It is what it is, you know. Um, so that being said, plot slash story, it's formulaic. You know what's going to happen. You know there's going to be a middle fight. You know there's going to be an end fight. That being said, I still really liked it. I really liked how they wove in their past. Yeah. How they showed Michael B. Jordan being a not perfect hero. Yeah. Jonathan Major's inclusion as a villain made sense. This wasn't just like, let's go get Drago's son. The plot twist of him hiring and being friends with the guy who hurts Drago. Kind of saw that coming. I thought so, but I was like, I gave it a 14 out of 20, Ty. Okay. I thought I was going to have to defend myself here. I gave it a 13. (laughs) Um, I'm right there with you. Now, all the things that you say. It's formulaic. It is what it is. I like the way that they set it up, though. I like the emotional backstory and how these characters tied together and it all kind of came to a head now where he was living his life and he wanted that and kind of used him to get back to that because he abandoned him, but he didn't mean to abandon him. Yeah, it's formulaic, but it actually like it, it like makes sense. Like There's a story being told yeah. that makes sense, that makes it different some, from some of the other Rocky movies. I mean, Creed 1 is... Kind of just like a Rocky remake, you know, like here's this fighter coming up, you know, hasn't proven himself, gets an unbelievable chance that he never expected to get, 
um, doesn't win, gets the tie. Obviously, he's a Don, uh, Apollo Creed's son. You know, whatever. Rocky two, it's like, hey, let's play the hits. It's Drago's son. He's going to beat Creed because Drago killed his dad, and then Creed's going to beat him at the end. Like, there wasn't really – yeah, there was the whole, like, oh, you know, I'm avenging my dad's death. But, like, you're just kind of playing the hits. You're just going off of what happened. This was, like, his own story, Creed's own story, finally. Yeah. And was probably a fitting end to – the Creed trilogy in in this character. I will say there is a change I would make to this film, Ty. Okay. Even the greatest movies can have bad endings. I think we've talked about Ratatouille, how Ratatouille would have made more sense for the theming of the movie if Luigi Linguini, Lapidi, I don't know his name. I think it's Linguini. Linguini. Is the one who cooks the dish for the guy at the end because the whole thing is everyone can cook. Yeah. Instead, it's just Remy. Yep. I think Jonathan Major should have won that fight. No. I think why not? Explain. Here's how I would have ended it. Why why you say no like that? The whole reason here's what I like about Rocky. End of the you don't end the Creed franchise with Creed losing. Well, okay. I like what I like what I do like about the Rocky movies is they don't win every time. I like that in a movie. Creed doesn't win in the first Creed. He loses. So you wanted him to go one for three in his movies? I wanted him to here's what I wanted to happen. I wanted him to knock him down at the end or something like that. You know, like it's a back and forth fight. He knocks him down at the end. Or maybe he's got him in the corner. Three seconds left. Piling. Blah, blah, blah. And he like thinks of his childhood or he he thinks of the time Dame stood up for him. Or he thinks of how his dad died from a hit. And like right at that last second, he just holds up from delivering that final, final blow. So he finishes the fight like very much in control. Could have ended it. Decides not to because he's like, look, I love this guy. I abandoned him. I'm not going to, like, kill him. I don't want to send him to the hospital. Bell rings. Dame wins by split decision. You write Creed off. He has a triumphant try to return. Dame kind of does, like, a heel turn to a face turn in the fight itself. And then you can make a freaking Diamond Dame movie. Mm. This is all built on me just wanting more Jonathan Majors. (laughs) Okay, I don't hate that. (laughs) With that being said, there's a way that... I don't agree that that's how the movie should have happened. You could make that happen to where like he pulls his punch or something, and he stops, and he has like flashbacks of when they were kids, and then you can have like a flashback of them training as kids, and like, like he say he like you know throws one punch, and he Dame always sees it coming when he's younger, and like that's his weakness, and Dame always knows that, and that's how Dame always beats him when they're younger, and then now that they're older, he does that same shit, knowing Dame that that Dame will see it, and like Dame gets the finishing hit on him, and like he does that intentionally to let Dame win. So you are saying Dave should have won? No, I'm saying in that in that scenario, I like you could I, use that to to go with that fight and make it to where it's like very obvious and like even Dame knows like he did that same thing that he used to do. I don't want I don't want Creed to get knocked out. I just want him to lose a split decision, just like Creed won. Okay, but still kind of come up triumphant. Got it. Uh, no, Creed Creed should win. <laughs> Creed, like Creed needs to be winning in Creed. I will say um, my one problem with the story. Why did everyone freak the fuck out when Dame won the first time? It was a little dirty. The ref didn't disqualify him, though. I mean, it was pretty dirty. There was, as Gavin said in the car ride, there was a lot of illegal hits. He was about to lose his mind. <laughs> yeah. Can you punch someone in the shoulder? I in don't boxing? know. I don't know because it's a great strategy. I, I'm a look, but it just feels like like if he was being that dirty, he would have just been disqualified and ruined his shot. But like everyone, like freaked it's legal. out. Shoulders and arms. It is legal. The fighter cannot hit with an open glove, wrist, backhand, or closed fist punches. What? 
hit. Oh, the fighter cannot hit an open glove, wrist, backhand, or closed fist punches. Hit with an open. That's like hands. Like you can't like smack someone with the glove is what it's saying. But it says closed fist punch. I know. No fighter may strike their opponent on the back of the head. I knew on that. the back, back of the head, or the neck. Shoulders are fair game, then. dude. That's pretty smart. Just dislocate yeah. the hell Just out of fuck the up shoulder. a shoulder. But like after the fight, like Duke came over and he was like, "Don't ever return to the fucking gym, Creed," because you let this guy in the ring. But like, he won fair and square. The ref didn't disqualify him. Sure, it was a little dirty, but like, I'm gonna build on that point. And, and they if- were like, "Oh my god, they sent him to the hospital." Like he did yeah, throw an he's elbow. A, he's a that was dirty. <laughs> but he didn't get disqualified for it. He lost two points. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, my God, he fucking sent him to the hospital. It's like, yeah, he's a boxer. That was a good punch. Why are we acting like he assaulted him on the street? I think, to build on your point, if they're going to lean into this dirtiness, I, I didn't like how he just abandoned the dirtiness at the end. Against Creed? He didn't throw anything dirty. No. He threw, like, a shoulder punch, which I thought was dirty at the time. Wasn't. Probably would have just won the fight if he would have just kept it going. Like, they should have done some of the clinch stuff, tripping him. What, like, why was he this dirty fighter? That's how he won his championship. But then, you know, and they even lean into the whole, like, I learned some tricks when I was in prison that you don't know. Was yeah. that trick just him going like this? I guess. It was a weird way to block. Um, Feels like it blocked Shoulder punches. I guess that was his trick. Yeah. Works great. I just didn't get the whole drama of, like, oh, my God, he's such a villain, like, you just let this nobody well, fight, he, and he just won. He was a little dirty in the gym, to be fair. Because when you're sparring, you don't want to freaking grab the guy's arm and freaking punch below it or whatever. But um, My thing is they acted like it was 9-11 when he won that fight. Like it was pretty just, mad. There was just so much drama, and like everyone was heartbroken that Dame won. And it's like, what? why? It was a little dirty. Have a talk with him. Be happy for the guy. I almost want to move down to 13, but I'm not. Well, of course, they're going to be mad in their camp because that was their big money fighter. He, but he also came out of their camp. Kind of. I don't think he technically trained in the camp like for that fight because when they set up the fight, he had different trainers. But He was at the same gym, though. Yeah, I don't know. He fought out of the same gym. Like Both of those were your fighters. Because they care about the heavyweight champ, Ty. Which, awesome, and they still have a heavyweight champ. How rude of Creed to just jump over his champ. To um get like he doesn't even let his champ get a rematch. He's yeah. just like, nah, I'm gonna fight him. He's just like, hey, sit this one out. Well, maybe he was still in the hospital because apparently knocking out a boxer is no. He was at the final life fight, life altering. He gave Michael B. Jordan like a look. I don't know. It pissed me off. And you don't need to do that. Like you can just have him be a dirty fighter and then like have the revelation that he fucked up Drago intentionally, and like have that be like the oh my god he did all of this, and then have him turn around and just be like, hey, fuck you, Creed. Like I don't need you. I got what I wanted out of you. Like. Have all of that shit still without being so dramatic that he won the fight. I kind of wish that for me makes it way less corny and way more believable. I kind of wish if I were to change something too, I kind of wish the Drago would have been the champ. Okay. And the other guy would have been the challenger. And the other guy, they do the whole thing with Drago where he assaults him or whatever. And then Jonathan Majors gets to step up and fight Drago. Because that would have been cool seeing dame fight drago and like beat drago up because then it's like yeah. oh man he beat drago up and then that's you find drago out, and then you find out afterwards you know that he helped set up michael B. jordan's champ getting like assaulted or something and then you're like oh that's even more motivation yeah for him to avenge his camp avenge whatever rather than like oh he just beat my champion and yeah. now he's talking smack about me yeah it's unfortunate now i will say with this kind of like action movie and everything um with it being a sports action movie, 
I left this theater with one one thought that I couldn't get out of my head. What's that? There's just boxing is so far and above every other sports category for movies. It's not even close. Boxing movies being the best sports movies. Is yes. What you're saying? There's just like no way well, that, that you're just carried by Rocky. Well, Rocky, but then the Creed and then Southpaw. Never seen it. Southpaw is incredible. Like that's another good one. And like all the good baseball movies are old and like kind of boring. But in terms of like Moneyball, pretty good. Fun. Well, yeah, but like even that isn't like fun entertainment like must see oh, blockbuster. You're, you're sleeping on one though. Let me tell you about bench warmers. Tell me. Again, like fun, but it's not like a blockbuster. Like nothing gets even close Come on. to. What oh, about that oh, Zachary Levi uh, movie about Kurt Warner? <laughs> I mean, that did really good at Sunday school, but like I, I just for me, it, it seems like boxing is just leagues above every other sport. Because I think the issue is you can make actors look like they know how to punch. You're never going to teach a drama nerd how to swing a baseball bat and make me believe it. Or throw a football. It's the most embarrassing thing ever when they have drama nerds who are just so unathletic trying to throw a football. And I i never even played football, and I know I could throw a better fo- like spiral than them. I think basketball's up there, too. I think there's a lot of movies we probably haven't seen. But I know there's like like Mike. There's um, that one about the high schools in Indiana. Um, that's like really, really popular. Oh, racing. I'm sleeping on racing Ford v. Ferrari. What is the movie about, like, the high school? Remember the Titans? High school Indiana basketball movie. Hoosiers. 1986 Hoosiers. I know that's, like, a considered a classic. You have uh, Coach Carter, which is very, very good. You have Semi-Pro, Space Jam. I mean, the biggest sports movie of all time is probably Space Jam 1, just in terms of cultural impact. Or Rocky. Michael Jordan, though. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still Rocky. The Way Back. Watched that on the plane. That was pretty good. What's that about? That was the one with Ben Affleck where he's like the recovering like drug oh, addict I or whatever. I watch that. I never did. Is good. it good? Watched it on the plane. Okay, I want to watch that. I recommend that for you. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I think there are other good sports movies, but I think so consistently you have Rocky Balboa. You have The Fighter, which I've never seen, but Million Dollar Baby, Warrior, like a Cinderella Man, Creed, Rocky Three, Rocky Two. Ali with Will Smith. I've never seen that one. Um, <laughs> you can even go into robots fighting with real steel. I will say the greatest sports movie of all time, according to this Rolling Stone article, is Hoop Dreams. Basketball. And then it's Rocky. Hmm. And then it's the Bad News Bears. There's a baseball one. It's Raging Bull. I don't know what that's about. Baseball. Caddyshack. Golf. Golf. Bull Durham. Baseball. I don't know. You're sleeping on baseball. No, there's a lot of baseball movies. There's a lot of baseball movies that, as someone who loves baseball, they're all so boring. <laughs> you ever seen the movie 61? Pretty good. No. Field of Dreams? I, you couldn't pay I've actually me never to, seen it. You couldn't pay me to watch that movie. That looks like the, the worst time ever. That Where looks awful. Where the that tree looks, gets shocked by lightning and makes a bat? I, you would have to fucking feed me adrenaline to stay awake through that movie. Are you a baseball fan? I love baseball. I don't like baseball. Your baseball movies. team sucks. You guys get your football team gets Derek Carr, and all of a sudden you're just crapping <laughs> on baseball. <laughs> it's not like Derek Carr's a boxer. I'm an, I've been up boxing. I just don't like how you're talking about baseball right now. Baseball especially movies as, are so boring, especially as my adult so- slow pitch softball teammate. I <laughs> we are in a team. Look, dude, Moneyball is wonderful. Love Moneyball. Every other baseball movie is is either boring or for kids. I think boxing's kind of carried by Rocky. That's just that's just not the case though, well, and you're it? considering a spinoff franchise of Rocky, also Rocky, which is like okay, I guess, but separate. I don't even know if this is spinoff. 
It has Rocky just, in just it. Continuation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of key elements, let's just dive into. It. We're talking about the sport. We're talking about the boxing of it all. I think for the most part, the boxing is really good in the Creed movies altogether. It's a little unrealistic because boxers in real life don't just swing like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Of course, yeah. Like it's a lot more real boxing is a lot more defensive. But that doesn't make a good movie. No, it's so boring. I'd much rather see Haymakers for 12 rounds. Um, But, like, the technical aspect of it and everything. Again, I'm not, like, a freaking boxing expert by any means. But, like, as someone who follows combat sports, like, it very much looks real. Um, There was, there were some things. Oh, the Rocky element. It's a Rocky movie. It's the formula. That's part of the key elements. I thought the emotion was really good when his mama was dying and she mm-hmm. thought she was talking to Apollo and she yeah. was like, Adonis saved me. I cried. Oh, it. that fucks you up. I cried. Oh, yeah. It's tears, emotional. Not just like eyes wailing. I had tears dripping down my face. Yeah. And in my popcorn. Oh, no. Um, Soggy. But so that was good. Um, for the most part, what they do with the sports stuff is pretty good. There's two bad examples from the Rocky movies that I've seen or the Creed movies I've seen. Number one is in Creed 2 in the second Drago fight. They made him a 25 to 1 underdog. No book would ever make one fighter that big of an underdog. Yeah. Like, even if I fought Canelo tomorrow, I'd probably be like plus 1,500. There's just way too much liability <laughs> to make someone 25 to 1 for one fight. Okay. So that was a little unrealistic. Yep. Do your research on the betting yep. market. With it. Number two, the whole first take thing with Stephen A. Smith. That's real corny. It never works good. Like, Rich Eisen's done stuff, Stephen A.'s done stuff. Just stop it. Well, you never call in for one. 100%. And for two, ESPN doesn't put their primetime shows at nighttime. They're all in the morning. That's a great call, Jay. Yeah. Are you sure? Well, yeah, no, Stephen A's definitely in the morning. No, it's on the night East is Sports Center. Yeah. It's a recap of all the sports. That's a great call. Stephen A's at home by then. Yeah. Stephen A ain't working nights. Not a chance. Unless it's the NBA Finals, baby. Not a chance he's working after four o'clock. Yeah, so that was, especially considering, if we want to get real in-depth with this, Jonathan Majors was on the West Coast, California, so we're saying that it was dark California. Even if the t- even if it was winter, and we assume it was the winter solace, the, the shortest day of the year, it would have been about 4.45, it would have been about 7.45 East Coast time that was recorded. When's the winter solstice? It's like usually like December 22nd or something like that, three days before Christmas. <laughs> well, I'm just talking because this fight happens in Los Angeles outside in Dodger Stadium. You got to figure that's like, you know, around summertime or something. So how long does it usually take to train for a fight? It depends. Um, Ballpark. Ballpark me. Mayweather used to always announce his fights like five and a half, six weeks out. Oh, like a month and a half? Yeah. Announce them. But I don't know. Like no way that that fight took place in like January. Two to three months. When's the winter solstice actually? Uh, December 21st. No way. No way that fight took place in January, February in Los Angeles. No, not at all. Mm -mm. No. So even that like trying to stretch They were training on the beach. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no chance. So, that's bad. So that's sports okay. aspect that, of it. You know what? Shout out to you. I'm taking a point away. Really? I was on the edge. I'm taking a point away. Should I take a point away too? I'm mostly being emotionally joking, but let me tell you, Ty, I gave it a 19. Still, <laughs> well, that was my joke. Is I was right at a 20, but I didn't know if I wanted to give it a 20 or not. So I'm I'm at a 19. It's it's so much fun. Well, I I went through this long old tangent. You would think that was the whole reason I didn't give it a 20, but there was one very simple reason I didn't give it a 20. What is that? Rocky wasn't in it. I'll be goddamn. There's no Rocky. It's, it's a Rocky movie without Rocky. The spirit of Rocky's there. Yeah. His name is dropped. He said, my dad gave Rocky a chance. You got to give Dame a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So the spirit of Rocky's there. Do you want to give it a 20? No. Okay. <laughs> I, there's still some of, some of the little sports stuff, but the sports scenes are still very good, which is very 
much harder to do in a film than it should be. Yeah, this is Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, and he's gone on interviews and said how, like, the fight scenes and everything, he had a little bit of anime inspiration. Mm-hmm. Riley told me about that. Trying making, like, a live-action anime kind of fight style and everything. All of the fights are unique and different. Where, like, the first one, you get, like, the slow-mo and him, like, hyper-focused on one thing and something. And then the next one, like, the, it does a certain style. And then this one, you get where, like... Kind of corny, but it all goes smoking in the Dodger Stadium and yeah. like up against the rails, like, and they both punch each other. And someone took like a screenshot of like a Dragon Ball Z fight where like that exact same thing happens. And I think the uniqueness of the fighting and boxing in this boxing movie is done very, very well to make yeah. all of the fights feel exciting. And like, you're, I was literally like, I, I had the recliner pulled back and I'm like sitting up watching these fights because <laughs> it's so, it's so interesting and there's so much to look at and it's so much fun watching it it's so much fun yeah and it's just done very very well and it's a very fun um sports action movie well we could parlay that into visual cinematography but first um i just want to ask you if this is a safe space 100 jay this is always a safe space so i'm someone who who follows ufc pretty religiously and it doesn't matter who it is i mean it does matter who it is like it's not everyone but when there's a big fight John Jones fought this last week. Huge fight. The most uh, tweeted about UFC event ever. The John Jones one? Yes. This most recent UFC event. The most tweeted about oh, UFC wow. event ever. I'm on my Twitter hiatus, so I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Anyways, whenever this happens, McGregor, John Jones, Khabib, whatever. Well, Khabib's retired, but I get nervous. Like, I get okay. nervous, like, when I propose to Riley nervous. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things. <laughs> like, I, I gut-wrenching. I, my stomach just, like... I feel like I'm going to throw up, and I don't really even care. Like, I'm not a John Jones guy. I'm not a Connor guy. Like, I do like when Connor wins because the sport's more entertaining when he's actually winning because he's still fighting, not losing, and whatever. Yeah. But, like, back to my safe space, I didn't have the full version of it, but I had, like, a 40% nerves for the final yeah. fight of this yeah. movie. This fictional fight that was, and I had to remind myself it's predetermined. But then I was like, oh, wrestling's predetermined, so I don't know. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Everything's scripted. Which, people who hate on wrestling, but like Creed like Creed and Rocky movies? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I just want to say that right it's there. It's basically the musical version of fighting movies. Think yeah. about that. It's Broadway <laughs> yeah. for sports movies. Maybe not Broadway, just like stage plays. It's like there's Broadway. no music. I guess there is music when they do their entrances. Exactly. It's just Broadway for sports So movies. I forgot to tell you. Uh, I don't know if it's for sure for sure yet because you going to WrestleMania. giving me mixed signals. Jose got media credentials, only one, and he said he was going to give it to me. For but WrestleMania? Th- yeah, for both nights. But then after he got it, he started kind of walking it back a little bit. So oh, I don't know if he's still no. going to give it to me. Either way, I was going to buy a ticket to at least one night, but I might get, like, I don't know, really good seats, be in the back. I don't know where it would be, but for WrestleMania, which would be Electric. amazing. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Either way, I'm going. This is a good wrestling movie. The Wrestler. <laughs> that was the oh, Random Rotten Tomatoes movie last week. That is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Disregard that. Visual slash cinematography, Jay. Look, the boxing's good in it. I like yes. – you said it was corny, but I liked the unique – the thing they did at the end. I just, The smoke was corny to me. I much would have preferred – like, the, you obviously have, like, the ability to shoot Dodger Stadium. Shoot that stadium dead empty with just those two in the center of it. No yeah. smoke, just an actual shot of empty Dodger Stadium with the only two people in that giant stadium. That would have gave me chills. It would gave me chills, yeah. but instead you did shit, shitty CGI smoke. Look, the smoke didn't take me out of it because the whole – it got all quiet and it was just them and you could hear their all their little movements and the when they punched and stuff. Oh, yeah. like Lots of, lots I like of that. noise uh, with the 
I like that Punches. a lot. Uh, I think the soundtrack in this is good. I think again the boxing elements are good, and I think you know it's 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 kind of weighed by its key elements. I landed at a fifteen out of twenty tie. Yeah, I the soundtrack's wonderful. It works really really well. The uniqueness of the fight scenes that's what you have to nail in these type of movies, and they do that just tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a little dark. Was your movie as dark? Was it a little hard to see some scenes? No, not at all. That could have been that could have been a civic thing. A hundred percent. I didn't. I, that's why I'm like hesitant. And I'm asking because I didn't notice any darkness. No, it was definitely a civic thing. Hmm. That bums me out because <laughs> like when they're at his house, I couldn't see shit for a little bit there. Oh yeah, no, nothing. No, 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 no. Yeah, dude, I fucking hate civics so much. I'm back. <laughs> I I literally gave them I gave them credit to start this pod like it's a great experience, and I was like, oh maybe maybe it wasn't them. It was them. It's always them. <laughs> I, this is a very well shot movie, and my thing is like I, we've been trying to be conscious and give credit where credit's due for creative decisions and yeah. making it feel like someone has their fingerprints on a movie. This has that entirely. I've never seen a Michael B. Jordan directed movie because this is the first one, but moving forward, I'll know when something's directed by Michael B. Jordan because <laughs> this has his fingerprints all over it. He loves mirror shots. There was at least two shots where the character was looking at a mirror, but like at, on the camera slash the other character. Well, there was back-to-back mirror shots of him looking in the mirror cool. and then Dame looking in the mirror. Yeah. Well, there was that. There was the one his, uh, he was just talking to his, his wife in the bathroom, and it was like she was standing over here to the right. He was standing yeah. to the left, and the camera was like behind her head, so he was like looking at her through the mirror. And there was another one where there was like a mirror on the counter, and he walks in, and he like, you know, he likes mirrors. He does. Which, if I looked like Michael B. Jordan, I would like mirrors, too. I would love mirrors. <laughs> if I looked like him, that my house would be built out of mirrors. <laughs> um, I landed on a 17. I'm even higher than you. This is wow. this movie looks really good. The fight cinematography is done very well. The visuals, it was a little too dark, but I guess I might be able to bump that in a po- you know, secondary watch. <laughs> um, and the soundtrack, wonderful. It was very, very good music throughout. It just had that vibe. I'm, I'm, I was right on the edge. I was at like a 17.9 and I didn't want to give it credit for an 18. I'm addressing it. I'm going to an 18. Um, oh, you just, I just, one thing came to my mind right now, the walkout yeah. of the first champ with the, like the smoke and everything and having that like Mexican mask on mm-hmm. absolute fucking chills. <laughs> just incredible. It just got me fucking I, I so pumped. The walkout, man, it's important. So I was ready to go. I was ready to run through a brick wall for that man. It's something MMA fighters still haven't fully figured out. Some of them have. Obviously, Connor's walkout's like the most iconic. But like, you think about wrestling. Like, it's incredible. The entrances are very much part of it. I'll never forget Dave Batista doing his freaking machine gun with the fireworks going off, (laughs) squatting down. That's so much fun. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah, they need to figure that out in real life. But they did a very good job in this. I thought. The one thing I did think they were going to do that they didn't do, they, like, almost set it up was – so his wife sings for him in the second one. Okay. I bet you they wish they could have went back and not done that for that one. Done it for this one. Because they did the whole thing, saying. like, I want to save what I have. Maybe once in a special occasion. Like, this yeah. could have been the special occasion, but it is what it yeah. is. I don't know. The walkouts, though, so much. Like, when Creed walks out into Dodger Stadium and the fireworks are going off, mm-hmm. chills. Man. I'm just – it gets you so pumped and ready for the action was, you're about to watch. I was nervous. I was literally nervous like it was a real fight. It's done so well. Now, I don't know if I went on this tangent on the podcast. You could stop me if I did. But have I have I told you and the listeners how fighting at Dodger Stadium was? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, it was your idea and you thought about this and they they should do it for UFC. And 
Okay. You have gone on that tangent. I'll listen to the tangent again. But No, it's okay. I was happy that my, my dream was at least fulfilled in theatrical version, theatrical form. I just don't understand, like, if they can do it for a movie, why can't they do it for real life, you know? They can. The, the only thing I think that would be tough, but I don't even know how they do it. I guess arenas have more rooms, whereas Dodger Stadium, you only have, like, the clubhouse. So if you're doing, like, MMA, there's a lot of fighters. So it's like putting all those fighters in one spot. But they did, they did a UFC fight at the Toronto Center or the Rogers Center, a George St. Pierre fight, and that's, like, one of the most iconic venues they've ever done. So I don't know. Yeah. Do they do any, like, a lot of outdoor venues? Almost never. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's got to be, like, part it, of it. Because, like, there is a very, very small chance that you're going to get inclement weather in Los Angeles. There's still a chance, though. But what, like, I guess UFC isn't as big of a production as WWE. UFC is obviously very big, but WWE, the whole thing is production. What WWE did, does, if you look at when they do their outdoor arenas, is they build those giant pillar things that go above the ring where it's, like, a giant pillar and it has, like, some fancy top that's all decorated based on the city they're on that way if it is like raining or if it's something like the the ring is at least it keeps the performing yeah. area clear. now if it's pouring rain they're obviously not going to do it but yeah so i don't know i hmm. think they should still do it i think it looked really cool in this movie yeah a Car- main event with fireworks going off at dodger stadium for a ufc fight would be electric. best mlb stadium not even yeah, i've been to more than you it's, i have more authority. i don't care <laughs> It's a, it's, I've been very few, and it's bottom of my ranking. You're just saying that because you don't like the Dodgers. I kind of like the spring training stadium for the Indians that we went to in Arizona more than Dodger Stadium. It's Guardians now. Oh, wow. Problematic. <laughs> You're not, it's okay. You're still learning. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not going to go on that tangent. Okay. Just ask the guy if he was a Guardians fan at the poker table, and he, he had a Guardians hat on. Or it was a Cleveland Browns? I don't know. It wasn't the Guardians. It was a Cleveland hat. And it was a whole, not a fan of the Guardians, fan of the Indians. And then started a whole political conversation at the poker table that I just was not happy about. Love that. And you and you inspired that I, I was the catalyst that sparked mm. it. Bummer. Characters tied. Oh, oh, care for your cord there, Jay. Oh, sorry to the listeners. I don't have my headphones on, so I can't hear that. Characters. Look, I love Jonathan Majors. I'm, I'm new to the Jonathan Majors game. A lot of us are. I am not like Riley's cousin Jr. who saw him in The Last Black Man in San Francisco and called his breakout. I wish I was. <laughs> he LeBron James did. I, I wish I wish I was part of that because this man knows how to act. Um, not not to put anything past Michael B. Jordan, who I think is great in Ad- as Adonis Creed. Um, not to put anything past Tessa Thompson, who I like. I like like. Um, I think she's great in her role. Not to put anything past everyone else who's just kind of in it. <laughs> Jonathan Majors <laughs> Look man Just the subtleties I don't know if it's because I know he's a good actor So I'm like Really trying to like Do a yeah. deep dive On his performance You know Like I'm writing a paper on him But like The subtleties of like Before he does his, The first fight And like Going to Michael B. Jordan's house And um, Adonis Creed's house And like the way he like Leaves the little Like it, it, He just It made you feel like Uncomfortable like, his performance yeah. was so real. Like, all again, all the subtleties, just the way he looked at the house. Like, you kind of knew the whole time he was thinking, like, this should be me. But he didn't outwardly say that, but he said it without saying it. Like, the audience knew, but, like, Michael B. Jordan didn't know just by the subtleties. And, man, I thought it was a great performance. And, look, it's probably too high. I'll probably bring this up <laughs> as, an, as an example in later podcasts. Like, why did I give this that so high? But I, I landed at a 16. Okay. No, you don't have to justify anything, Jason. <laughs> um, Jonathan Majors is incredible. 
I as long as he's gonna be acting in movies, I'm gonna be the one man sitting here telling everyone that he's incredible. <laughs> um, well, I will it, also be doing it. So no, it'll I'm, be a two man show. If everyone turns on him, I will be the last person saying no. He's still an incredible actor. Even me. If you turn on him, I'm still gonna be like Jay. You're wrong. He's a great. What actor. if he does a film with um, Melissa McCarthy's husband? Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't ruin something I enjoy. <laughs> um, he's very good. I don't think you gave Michael B. Jordan enough credit. I think he's also very good in this movie. Um, obviously, Jonathan Majors is the new shiny toy, and and everyone's obsessed with him and him come you know his rise to fame. Michael B. Jordan's still a damn good actor. I think Jonathan Majors outperforms him in this acting wise, but Michael B. Jordan. Very good. Um, very believable. Tess Thompson's good. I, mm, she's really good. What do you mean by that? Elaborate. I just really like her. Okay. I think she's a great actress. I think her charisma jumps off the screen. <laughs> her charisma? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what I do like while we're just on the <laughs> – give your score. I'll, I'll do my whole spiel. Continue. I was I 16. I was right over. there with you. Okay. Do your spiel. You got nothing else? No. Was, <laughs> I'm right there. They're very good actors. You're not giving Michael B. Jordan enough credit. I really like – I'm going to go in my whole freaking representation spiel again, but I really liked the whole – the deaf character and the sign language and not not just giving the character hearing aids and making them talk and, like, yeah. actually signing and making people read the captions. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's just really important. I was so proud of myself when he was teaching Dame sign language, like the simple sign language stuff, and because of movies such as Coda mm-hmm. and even Hawkeye, the TV show. I started learning sign language, and I, I knew nice to meet you. He said, this is nice to meet you. And I said, I know what that is. I was so proud of myself. Um, I still want to learn more. But, yeah, I like that. I don't hate that. I like that a lot. And back, one one last thing on Jonathan Majors, the subtlety. In that first fight when he beats the heavyweight champ, you can see him. Like, he keeps looking at Creed for, like, approval. Did you notice that? For sure. Gosh, just the little things, man, that make you, like. He's very good. And I think the directing was good that directed him in that direction to act like that. Reverse back to Michael B. Yes. Jordan getting credit. <laughs> um, I think he would be a terrible voice actor. Jonathan Majors? Yeah. Why is that? Maybe, maybe not. I'm just being dramatic. Mostly because he is such an incredible actor with his, his body language. Yeah. And like you're saying, the way he looks and just the small things and like how well, shit that he does with his hands and... And, like, just his mannerisms while he's talking, mm-hmm. it just jumps off the screen. It, it's it's so, so good. You know what I like about him? I've seen three things with him pretty much. I'm very, again, I think I might just go watch The Last Black Man in San Francisco just to see his performance. But yeah. I've seen Loki. I've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I've seen Creed. Like, I don't know. He feels like a different person each time. Like, obviously, he's a different character. But... Michael B. Jordan kind of feel even though Michael B. Jordan did really good. Don't get me wrong; it's like that's Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. But like the really good actors, it's like that's Di- that's Diamond Dame. Yeah, that's not Jonathan Majors. That's Diamond Dame. <laughs> I, I agree. So like that that's King. Yeah, that's Diamond Dame in that's Devotion. He's probably that's Jesse Brown character in Devotion. Airplane movie. Does um, Diamond Dame beat up the ants in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania? <laughs> I've got to imagine. I, <laughs> Diamond Dame obviously could have taken over multiple different. I think um, King the Conqueror needs to learn some hand-to-hand combat from Diamond Dame. Yeah. At counterpoint, does Paul Rudd show up and win the championship in Dodger <laughs> Stadium as a boxer? As an unproven boxer, first professional fight, he has to fight Diamond Dame. So based on the, the within-the-line cinematic universe, Paul Rudd 
aka Scott Lang, mm-hmm. is the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, actually. A million percent. Which, if we want to go back even, we have, you know, um, you know, Chadwick Boseman beats um, Michael B. Jordan's character. Oh, I forgot he was in the MCU, too. Um, yeah, there's so the real, the real... Shuri? Mean, we got Shuri versus Scott Lang for the undisputed yeah, heavyweight champion I think that's what world. it is. <laughs> at Dodger Stadium. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> that's great. Enjoyment, Ty. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I love fighting. The hype. I think it lived up to the hype. I, I There's like that upper tier of like the 17 to 20. It's right there for me. But I kind of want to keep that. Uh, let me compare it to some other movies in the recent past. Actually, I'm going to bump it up. That special tier is actually 18 to 20, not 17 to 20. So I will bump it up from a 16 to a 17 out of 20 tie. Because it's still not in that upper 18 to 20 tier, but it's right there. It's right there. You're at a 17? I'm at a 17. I left the movie theater. Um, Victoria went with me, stayed awake the whole time. Happy for her. Proud of her. Proud of her. Um, I told her that was the most fun I've had at the movie theater since Top Gun Maverick. Wow. More fun than... Yes. Ant-Man and the Wasp. More fun than Puss in Boots? Yes. More fun than <laughs> Glass Onion was at home. That probably Glass would have been more fun home. if you saw that in theaters. More fun than Violent Night? Yes. More fun than Wakanda Forever? Easily. I, that more sounded, fun? That sounded uh, nothing against that. I just wanted to use a different word. More fun. Uh, I don't know. You didn't know because I didn't see it in theaters either, so you didn't see it. More fun than Bullet Train? Yes. Bullet Train, very fun. Good score. Probably could have had a higher enjoyment. I gave this a I, 19. You know what? You know what? Going back, it stands for you. I think I would have more fun in some of them, but continue. Sorry. I gave this a 19 out of 20 for enjoyment. Wow. I have That's the second highest score I've given this year. Marcel the Shell with shoes on and Top Gun Maverick, only 20s. Well, that was last year. That's um, 2023, baby. In the past 365 sorry, this, calendar this, days. Yeah. Movie cycle. Movie year. Correct. Got it. Um... It's just a blast. It's so much fun. I literally unreclined my electric recliner to sit up out of my seat and watch the final fight. It's just, I plan on rewatching this multiple times. I was I was raving for boxing movies, and I know Creed 1 is a wonderful watch, and I remember that. I want to go back and watch the Rocky movies. I'm going to love rewatching this, especially because Jonathan Majors just gives such a good performance. And then it's just freaking electric, man. <laughs> The fights are just so much fun. It's just such a good time to go to the theater and feel like you're experiencing something and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it just has that charm of like, you're on the edge of your seat. I love being on the edge of my seat for a movie. It's sports. It's just, they made a movie that felt like a real sport. It's the best part of sports. But that's the cup. It's the 2016 World Series when the Indians, Rajah Davis hits a home run down the left field line. And it feels... Second I word. No, of the no, it's the Indians at that time. Yeah, I don't know how to refer to it when you're referring to at them. At that in the point, past. it's the Indians. They were the spiders. They were the Indians. They're now the Guardians. I'm good. <laughs> don't don't fucking cancel me, Jay. <laughs> that was fine. I'm a progressive person. Um It's that rolled into a movie. And it's so good. Well, yeah, it's just it's the excitement of a big fight. It's the excitement of playoff baseball. It's it's when you do a sports movie right, you get that excitement. And it's like to your point, probably the easiest to get right in a boxing slash maybe yeah. not MMA fight because I don't think uh, Kevin Steen's what not Kevin Steen that's a what Kevin the hell is Steen man? no Kevin um, Smith freaking Adam Sandler's friend friend Kevin Smith Kevin Smith here comes the boom Kevin James Kevin, Kevin James guy. here comes the boom yeah 
Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal recorded at the UFC event. Yeah, Roadhouse. I think that's yeah. a remake of an old is. movie. Yeah. What's well, the... I mean, I know what Roadhouse is, but Family Guy has the Roadhouse bit. Roadhouse. He just kicks people. Yeah, I don't know. I've never... Uh... Big time spoiler for the movie. He gets in trouble for the fight. The plot of the movie is he gets kicked out of the UFC and becomes a bouncer. That's released. That's already said. Oh. That was him getting kicked out of the UFC. Got it. Got it. And Conor McGregor's in it. Is he? Yeah. That's fun. Ty, I finished with an 81 out of 100. Uh, I'm a little bit higher than you. I'm at an 85 out of 100. Wow. I had a blast with this movie. It's a really good score. 83 out of 100, making it the 47th ranked movie. Out of 172 films that we've reviewed, it is with the likes of Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Uncut Gems, another edgier seat movie. They got the exact same score from me and you. Three in a row. All three of our 83s, I've given an 85 to, and you've given an 81. <laughs> That's the only way to get an 83. Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, bunch of good movies. Yeah. Very, very good. Very respectable score. It does finish right Within the lines, it doesn't quite make it above the line. No, it is above the line. Above the line is an 85. Oh, that's right. We, we, we moved it. it up. My apologies. Not even knowing my own thing. Yep. Still very, very good. though. It would have had to have been the 36th ranked movie. I apologize. The 39th <laughs> and above ranked movie to go above the line. It's very good. If you haven't seen it yet and you listen to this whole podcast about the entire film, thank you. But go watch it. Appreciate the sport. <laughs> um, it, it, it's very good. Now, Ty... Random Rotten Tomato movie. Now, this next week, pre-recorded. I don't know what's going up next week or what's going up the following week. We have two pre-recorded episodes. Uh, Pinocchio's next week. Okay. And the reason we have two... Well, you just told the listeners what's next week, so you don't have to do that at the end. Um, I'm going to do it again, though. The reason that we are taking a two-week break is because you are going to be a father. Yeah. Congratulations. It could happen tonight. It could. It could be happening right now. My phone might be dead. Let me check. I hope not. Uh, nope, we're good. Due dates in in six days. Could any time. I, I think we're we're firmly firmly in the could happen. Yeah. I'm feeling nervous just talking about it. I'm sure you feel very nervous. A little bit of a scare on yesterday morning. Drove to work. She called me and said, "Hey, I think I'm having contractions going into labor." I said, "You want me to come home?" She said, "Yeah." Came home. It kind of chilled out. Went to the doctor. Doctor quote unquote said, "Don't think we're going to make it to the due date." Are you even going to be able to play softball this Friday? I'm hoping. <laughs> We're going to see, but I don't know. You have me join the softball team. I'm going to take a little hiatus, and I'm going to be back to to resurrect the team. We're going to be 0-3. You're going to be in the dumps, and it's going to be like, we got our we got our guy. And I'm going to carry us to the playoffs. I'm not even going to know who to look for if you're not there. <laughs> Miko. Miko's not coming this week. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be fine. <laughs> I might if, if Xander's born, I, might not, I just might not show up this week. <laughs> If you're not going, it's a placement game. It doesn't even count for anything. It's fine. All right, I want I want you to let your coworkers know if you're not there, I'm not coming this week. Okay, it's eight o'clock game time. By the way, just got the text while recording. Oh, that's so late. Yeah, I'm sorry. Play it by ear. Um. <laughs> anyways, it's because you're going to be a father. You're going to have a child. You're going to have a I baby. Am. Yep. And that baby is going to be the boss of your life, Ty. Hmm. I don't like where this is going. The Random Rotten Tomato audience score is The Boss Baby. That's a that's a gross movie. The Alec Baldwin franchise, where Jimmy Kimmel voices the dad. Did not know that. Tobey Maguire voices the narrator. 
Steve Buscemi voices Francis Francis. Love Steve Buscemi. But most importantly, Alderick Baldwin, the boss baby. It's a franchise now. They've made, what, three of them? I don't know. A lot. I didn't know that. Probably too many. That's gross. Um, that's Have you a movie... even seen this movies? No. That's a movie I won't be having my son watch either. Two Boss Babies. Okay. But I think there's like a TV show. Oh, no. Boss Baby 3. Announced. So it apparently got enough Early love. development. It got enough love from the audience to inspire a second and third one. With that being said, I, I just can't imagine that people love these films. Um, I think we're in the 60 to 70 range, if I had to guess. I'm going to go on the high end because they're still pumping them out. We're going to go 77. Should trust your gut more, Ty. Audiences didn't love them. Boss Baby, 51% audience. Audience score? What does critics give it? 53. Why do they make these movies? You know why, Ty? You know why they make these? How are they making money, though, if no one likes them? Like, even the really stupid franchises that make You know why money? they made a franchise? How much Because the first movie made $528 million. Oh my God. The Everyone one, hated it, and they just kept watching it. Second one, 146. So, big drop-off. Yeah. That and, is a huge drop-off. And they're still trusting themselves to make a third. Well, it was announced in 2021 that it was in early development. We're now in 2023, and there hasn't been any oh, updated things. So. Pause. Alec Baldwin shot someone. Probably not going to be making a movie for a while. Yeah, you're probably right, Ty. But I'm still going to show Xander them. When he's old enough, I keep pretending he's going to come out of the womb and be like four yeah. and I could just go do cool things with him. No, I know. I'm the same way. And I'm like, no, he's just going to kind of be chilling there for a while. <laughs> he's probably going to be pretty boring at the beginning. I'm going to love him, but he's going to be real boring. But it's great. I get to I'll be able to see him and visit him and do the fun stuff. of Just like, oh, he's so cute and hold him. And then yeah. and then, hey, he's crying. Here you go, Ty. Yeah. And I get to deal with that fun part. But when he's like old enough to understand the the cinematic masterpiece that is the Boss Baby, we will <laughs> we will start a Boss Baby binge watch. Okay. At what at what age are you going to first introduce him to the MCU? I mean, he he's going to watch it eight? before. He's going to watch it before he even understands like what moving images on the TV are going to be. Okay, but like really introduce him where you're like, all right, we're going to start from like let me show you something. We're going to start. This from is Captain, Captain America. America, the first Avenger, and just power through and just. That's like a whole – by that time, if he's 8, 10, whatever, where he can actually, like, understand what's happening, we're going to have what? I'll just brainwash him and make him think, like, 12 more movies. phase four never happened. We're going to have, like, 12 more movies. You're going to have – how many movies are there? 150 32? more TV episodes. You're going to have 45 movies to show him or something along those lines. Yeah. That's like a whole, like, three months you could make out of that, you know? Like – I remember when dads used to think about, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to show my kid the six Star Wars movies. Yeah. And that was a big deal. Yeah. Now it's just like I I have our next month of entertainment planned out. <laughs> and you'll love every bit of it. I will. I'm not going to. Are you going to skip the bad ones? Are you going to skip Ant-Man and the Wasp? Or are you just going to be like, hey, I had to watch this. You do too. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, it has to happen. It's unfortunate, but he's got to see it. He'll be stronger for it. Yeah. No, he'll grow. You'll be doing him a disservice if you, if you just let him get the easy way out and not watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm going to make you watch this so you enjoy Infinity War after. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, so you already said it. Pinocchio next week, Ty? Next week, we're reviewing Pinocchio, the heavy, heavy Oscar favorite for Best Animated Feature. We're assuming it's going to win, and that's why it's going to go up after the Oscars, which is this Sunday. Yeah. Which, kind of a bummer we're not going to be able to talk about the Oscars, but... I don't know. I can do an emergency recording. Just say the word. 
I might just pre-record something just me. We'll talk about. It. We'll see if there's any surprises. Okay. Well, I guess since this is the last uh, podcast before the uh, Oscars tie, I'll just update you one last time. Give me the mods. Your doctor said there there's a chance he doesn't make it to the due date, that he might come sooner. Yeah. And the dream was for him to come out the day Top Gun Maverick wins the Oscar for Best yes. Picture. The Fortunately, day in my life. doesn't look like that's going to happen, Ty. Oh, does he keep falling? The odds are just heavily, heavily swinging towards everything everywhere all at once, which is now a minus 700 favorite. Top Gun is 29 to 1. I love an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bigger underdog than Michael B. Jordan in the second Creed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look how that turned out. Um, the movie we're reviewing in two weeks, Triangle of Sadness, as we're trying to watch all these Best Picture. I don't know if we're going to end up. We probably should have just watched Elvis. I didn't realize that was nominated for Best Picture. I don't want to watch that movie. Triangle of Sadness, which is like 100 to 1. Sorry, I heard something. I think Riley's home. Hopefully, mm. we're not getting my apartment's not getting broken into. Burglarized. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you. There, nothing really has seemed to change much. A uh, Pinocchio, I guess we'll say it there. Uh, minus two thousand. So that's, that's as big a favorite as you can really be. It, it's bigger favorite than Drago probably was in their fight. Yeah. So Wild. Pinocchio next week. Ty, that's all I got for you. Yeah, I. Pinocchio next week. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.